Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. I never had to ask for help before, so I just did not know how, and I was afraid to do it. I thought if I went and asked for help that I would be disappointing people around me or thinking that, um, that it was, like I said, a fear of failure. Hey, everybody, and welcome to RealPod. I'm Victoria Garrick, former D1 athlete and mental health and body image advocate. Every Wednesday, I'll be bringing you awesome guests, weekly inspiration, and the realest conversations around everything and anything. Now let's get real. Welcome back to Real Pod. You guys, we have such a fun guest today. I cannot even believe it. I'm so excited. From Chicks in the Office, which I'm sure all of you are familiar with, they have millions of listeners on Sirius XM Radio from Barstool. We have joining us today the one and only Francesca Mariano, more popularly known probably as Barstool Fran or Fran or Fran pop uh, paired along with Rhea, the chicks in the office that everyone knows and loves. But I'm so excited because this is such a special, fun conversation, not only because Fran is currently one of the realest people in pop culture these days, but she opens up about what her journey has been like getting to work at Barstool Sports, one of the most popular sports media companies currently. And also she shares a bit about her journey and the ups and downs she's had and she struggled with, which is something she said she's never opened up about before. So I'm really grateful that she trusted us. Once again, we love mental health conversations here. So I'm really grateful for that. And I can't wait for you guys to hear this side of Fran that you probably haven't heard of before. And also, of course, we will get into Kardashians, plastic surgery, pop culture, and how to stay sane and full of self-love within all of that madness on social media that can be so enticing. So this is just a fun episode. I'm so excited for you guys to listen to this. And let's get started with one of the members of Chicks in the Office, the legend herself, Fran Mariano. We are live. We are live with a chick in the office. Just one singular is here with us today, but I'm so excited. So thank you for taking the time. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you for having me. Um, I feel like this has been a long time coming. I've been wanting to do your show for a while, so I'm glad that we made this oh, work. Oh, you flatter me. If anything, I was like, I, I have to wait till I've earned my stripes to even ask her. Oh, no, no, no. Um, but I'm so glad to have you on. So how have you been? What's your everyday like? I know you guys are keep putting out content. Is it? Have you felt like it's kind of been like almost ramped up way more for you guys given quarantine? 
Um, yeah, so it's been really crazy. I would say that there is definitely part of it where you feel like you need to be doing more than you normally are doing just because um, you're not in the office, people aren't watching you, nobody's seeing you. So you want to make sure you're putting a lot of con- putting out a lot of content. Um, I think everybody I would say at Barstool has really felt that way just to make sure that there's stuff for people to watch and consume and listen to. Right. And um, it's it's been great for us. Thankfully, Rhea and I have been able to do our show from home. Um, I have not seen her in months, which is crazy. Do you but... have like withdrawals? Oh yeah, it's it's been it's been insane. And um I've actually been at my boyfriend's house. So I've been with his family. Um I haven't seen my family in months cuz my parents are in Florida. So um, I was going to say was that your bedding. I'm here for it. Yeah, no, right? Like <laughs> no, I'm in I'm literally in his mom's um granddaughter's room like when they come to stay this is the room they stay in so it's like the little girl's room (laughs) um but it's it's super cute and yeah so like I said like I haven't seen my parents I haven't seen my friends um so it's been tough just it's been tough from a social aspect and and from a you know working aspect because part of um, what makes, I think, Rhea and I so great is we have a, a, a good back and forth. So having to do that over, you know, the computer is tough. Right. And also when things are so out of whack, it's probably harder to come in and like really be present talking about something newsworthy when you just want to see your family or like you feel claustrophobic. Have you tried to find a way that you could go visit them or are you waiting till things are much more Um, so I I haven't wanted to travel to Florida because I just, I haven't felt comfortable flying. Um, and so I'm waiting for, waiting for them to come back because they will eventually come home. Like our, our, my home is still technically New Jersey is, you know, home base. Um, so hopefully in the next few weeks or so, they drove down to Florida and you know, January and have been down, have been there for all of this. So once they decide to pack up the car and take the dogs and head, and head home, then I'll be able to uh, go see them, thankfully, because ugh, I miss my dogs a lot too. Oh, I know. They're so cute. I see them on your Instagram. <laughs> oh, they, I'm obsessed. And this is like the longest I've gone without seeing them ever. So I'm dying. Yeah, I can imagine. And it's tough too, because I totally feel you on the grind of, do I put out a ton of content now? Cause I have literally nothing else to do, but also I haven't had a day to just do nothing. Like I think most people are. So there's so much, so much back and forth. Um, I do want to talk to you about how you got your start at Barstool because it's such a unique story and it's, I was a broadcast journalism major and I know you were too and worked all the internships and how you fell into your role is so awesome and also well-deserved. So I would love to talk about how you even started interning at Barstool where you heard about it. Yeah. So I was a fan for a long time. I am a diehard Philadelphia sports fan. Just my family were absolutely crazy. And so I loved following their Philadelphia stuff. Smitty is our main Philadelphia blogger. And he put out a tweet, I would say uh, January-ish of 20... 
17 and basically said, you know, Barcelona just moved into their full-time New York office over the, the last few months there. Everybody had normally been at home now ever working from home or different locations. Now everybody's in this one New York headquarters. And he had said, I'm looking for an intern who can actually be in the New York office and come in and, and whatnot. And so, you know, he said, he posted his email address, send me your resume, send me this. And I went back and forth about it a lot because you, you, I, I didn't know what the environment would be like. Like I loved consuming the, the content and I loved everything that they were doing, but I wasn't sure like, is that where I want to be? Is this like what I want to do? You almost thought like, is there a place for me there? Yes. Because, and at the time it was mostly dudes. Like there was no, like there was really um, no other girls. The only other girl was Rhea. So, and, and our CEO, Erica. So I was hesitant about it, but you know, I had a conversation with my mom and she was like, you love talking about sports. This is your, this is a dream opportunity. Why not try it? Um, see what happens. And and go from there. And I was like, all right, okay, I'll send the email. So I sent an email with my resume and everything. And Smitty had replied to me being like, thanks for sending a resume. You're one of the only people to actually do that. (laughs) um, It's funny now because Barcel was so different even just then applying now is so insane and so formal uh, oh yeah I bet there's like a whole portal you go through it, it re- yeah exactly so now when I look back at it, I'm like this story is so ridiculous because it this is just impossible would <laughs> not happen now so he said hey can you whatever come in I'm doing this new morning show can you come in help out whatever 9 a.m and so I go in I'm the only one he's like well I told you and like four other guys to come at the same time you're the only one here on time so oh I was the only one who showed up on time. He basically was like, sit in on the, on our morning show, see what you think. I'll talk to you afterwards and see what, what you can, what you can do and your skill level and whatnot. So we had that meeting, we sit down and he basically was like, okay, you're hired. <laughs> and uh, I didn't leave for the rest of the day. It was like, my, I started work already. It was like, you're hired. Now you're here. And um, I met everyone, met Rhea, met, you know, everybody in the office and things just kind of took off, um, from there. Tell me about the first time you laid eyes on Rhea. I'm sure this, like, we need to know, was it, I like this girl, we're friends at first sight. Cause I know when you get an internship and you see someone else your age, you're like, you're going to be my only person here. <laughs> totally. And, um, well, it was scary because she being the only girl, like, and being with a bunch of guys, they were like, ooh, Rhea, like, there's another girl coming. What do you think? Like thinking <laughs> Rhea was going to get very territorial. And they thought the two of us would not get along. So, you know, the first day of me being there just on Barstool Radio, which is uh, we have a full serious channel now. But when I started, it was just one show uh, a day for a couple hours. And I was brought on for them to be like, oh, there's a new girl intern. Is she going to get along with Rhea? Is she not? Is there going to be problems? Trying to see if there is going to be friction. So classic. Like two girls, they've got to hate each other. They have to hate each other. One's a blonde, one's a brunette. It's in a movie. (laughs) Yep. And so I went in being like, 
I love everything that Rhea is doing. I think this is great. Like, I'm not going to say anything bad. She's not going to say anything bad. Um, and they were like, oh, okay. So like, you guys are going to be friends. And we were like, yeah, we hope. Like, we're going to try and make it work. And we definitely tiptoed around each other at the beginning just because I wasn't sure if she was happy that I was there or not or whatever. And she actually was the one who made the first move and had like DM'd me on Twitter because we didn't had an exchange phone numbers yet. And she had DM'd me on Twitter, I would say like maybe a weekend, like not a, a pretty right away. And was like, I really think we could do some great stuff together. You know, we got the blonde brunette dynamic, like <laughs> let's do, let's maybe we can do videos or something. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. She wants to do stuff with me. We can figure this out. So once that happened, like the wall was broken and we realized we loved all the same things and loved gossiping about celebrities and pop culture. And, and we were like, oh, this is great. <laughs> Aside from that initial DM, what conversation or moment did you like realize we're friends? Like we have something here. Yeah. Well, and like you said, there is something when you walk into that internship or job or whatever, and there's really only one, maybe one other person that's around your age or is another girl or another boy, whatever it is. So right away, there was that connection where like, oh, let's, you want to go get lunch? So like we would go get lunch at the same time. We would just go talk. And then we just, I don't, I would say that it was really only a matter of a few weeks before we, we were texting every day and communicating every day because it's such a fun place to work and there's so many so much going on that you always like and there's always something going on so you want to talk to someone about it so even right. on you need the days buddy. that we weren't yes even or on the days like we weren't off there, the record do you think right. this person's weird too <laughs> right like uh, even you know those days when we weren't there I mean that never happened we literally were there every day but when we would go home and see, we would see something on Twitter and we text each other like, oh my God, did you see so-and-so's tweet? Like, what's going on? Like, what are they doing? So it's, it was pretty instantaneous, honestly. And all like the first time we got in front of a camera, it, it was hilarious. And we were like, okay, this is going to be, this is going to be good. When that first moment happened in front of the camera where you guys started realizing that they were letting you do more stuff with the content and kind of create your own voices, were you, was a bell going off in your head? Like, okay, this is my ticket. Like, how do we plot this out and map this to success? Or was it, okay, I'll just roll with the punches. Honestly, we were, we had no idea what we were doing. And so we were like, okay, let's do this. Let's do this. We had no idea what, was going to happen there was no like mastermind plot of turning this into a giant show or doing something else it was the other guys in the office encouraging us honestly all those guys are amazing it's it they're fantastic like kevin clancy who does kfc radio he goes by kfc and his brother brendan produce brendan produces his show they um they asked re and i like we answer voicemails. That's a segment for their show. And they're always outrageous and very funny. It would be hilarious if we got 
the female perspective on it instead of just John and Kevin's perspective and we'll see how different they are. Awareness, social awareness. Yes. We love yes. it. <laughs> and we were like, that, okay, great. That's like, that's perfect. We'll, we'll, we'll do that. And that was really the first thing we did in front of the camera. Um, Kevin and Brendan like really, really encouraged us and they set it all up for us and they put us in um, the merch. Like we used to film our videos in the merch room in our old office. So we sat down at the table and we did, you know, one minute short videos truly with the help of, okay, this will be fun. And also because we had a guy who's been around for a while, Brendan was very familiar with social media and you know, what could, what hasn't been done and what could be done. And he saw an opening for really short form Instagram videos. It's kind of when Instagram first went to the, you can post a full one minute on Instagram. Right. And they thought, this is perfect. Let's have you guys do just one minute quick clips and start this Instagram. And the first one was like emojis, translating emojis and what do they mean between, you know, if you're texting back and forth, yeah. girl and a boy, what does this emoji mean? What does this emoji mean? Um, and it was very standard until we got to the end and there was a, there's like a baby crawling emoji it's kind of like he's it's on the ground if you never if you haven't seen it before you would never know because no one would use that emoji I need to but find it. um we it, it I, we were asked what it was and Rhea was like oh that's like you know come and get it like it looks like a person crawling on the floor like cut and and I was like, are you nuts? I'm like, that is, a, that's a baby. That's a fetus. That's, literally like, a that's fetus. a baby. Like, she was like, oh my God. Like, I, I, people have sent that to me as like a let's like hook up kind of situation. And it was so funny. It was so absurd. Um, and right away, like people had watched it. They were like, oh, this is funny. This could be really good. And thankfully the, all the other guys in, in the office were really helpful. And, and we were able to start the, um, chicks in the office Instagram account on our own. So it was, and like you said, we did not like, they were like, all right, let's put this on Instagram. We're like, okay, here's the Instagram. There was, there was no plotting. There was no planning. It was like, let's put up these videos. Let's see how they do. And if we get to a certain amount of videos and followers and whatnot, we'll take it to, um, Dave, Dave Portnoy, our, our boss and see what he thinks. And maybe we'll do something with it. But it's cool that you were able to already start branding as like this kind of, uh, like branch of Barstool without Dave kind of needing to guide that, yeah. which is awesome. Um, and so then when did you realize, wow, like we're a thing, we are chicks in the office. <laughs> um, so we, we started the Instagram and I would say it, it became pretty popular quickly. And I would say the first time we were like, oh boy, this is going to be something is, you know, we had been working hard at it, just the two of us, which is one of the great things that Barstool has allowed us to do. Uh, if you have an idea, you can, uh, you can execute it. Um, if it's bad, somebody's going to tell you it's bad. And if it's good, someone's going to tell you it's good. Um, so we worked on our Instagram. Rhea took it to Dave one day and said, this is what Fran and I have been working on. Um, we think it's, we think it's great. Watch a few, see what you think. You know, we've, we've, we have 10,000 followers. It's and at, you know, at it's, this point, what year are you at college? Um, so at this point I was, I can't even tell you because I, I, the years started to blend at that point. I had about a year or so left. 
okay of school um so at that point like i was still going to school um i was spending a majority of my time at bar school um and then once we once we got that instagram up and running and dave was like this is this is great we're gonna post this on the barstool main social um every day it'll go up on the blog on twitter on facebook everything uh was kind of when we realized this is something that could be huge because now a lot of eyeballs are gonna see it and we had a few videos go viral on twitter um and that was a big moment and then we were hired as full-time employees later that year 28 you know everything blends together at the end of that year i believe and we were basically told like we think you guys are great we think you have something really special um if you're if you're willing to you can be full-time employees um but just know with that you know you can no longer go to school and on top of that um on top of that we were i think this was 2017 on top of that we were almost cast on the amazing race <laughs> oh my god which is like a bizarre side story but we got noticed through our instagram um and we were still interns and at that point we didn't know like we thought we were possibly going to be on this show. And if that was the case, we'd be gone for six weeks or so. And so obviously we would not be able to go back to school. So in that, it was right before the fall and we had said, all right, we just got to make a decision. Like, are we going to go back to school? Or are we not? Well, and it's like your life is kind of unfolding before your eyes, like in the way that you had wanted it to. So it's tough to just say, I'm going to close the door and hope it opens in a year. Totally. And, you know, I had that conversation with my parents because um, my college journey was very different. It was had a lot of ups and downs. Um, and like, did you I'd, transfer or? Was yeah, it yeah. I mean, I started at um, brief summary. I started at Georgetown. I went there for uh, a year and a half. Um, I ended up leaving due to poor performance, uh, poor mental health. I was in a really bad place mentally and I and I think a lot of it had to do with just not really being prepared for the environment and then not being not personally being willing to seek help like I shut down I thought I'd always done so well in school I never had a problem why can't I figure it out now and I never asked for the help that I needed to until it was really too late and I came home. Um, I tried, I, I worked for a little bit. I didn't, I didn't immediately go to a, a new school. Um, and then eventually I, and, and I, the door was open for me to go back to Georgetown. We had set up a plan because I had eventually spoken with counseling at school and, and they had said, you know, if you, if you take some classes and, um, you know, see a therapist and whatnot, and we'll figure this out. And if you do want to come back and meet the requirements to come back, we can discuss that. So I ended up taking other classes at different schools, Rutgers, Seton Hall. Like I, I, I popped around because then at that point I was like, do I even want to go back? I don't really think that I do. I to don't have, yeah. Well, cause sometimes it's triggering. It's like, 
I've maybe developed coping mechanisms and I feel better, but right when yeah. I go back into this environment, is it all going to sink again? Totally. And I made my best friends there still to this day are all my friends from Georgetown, but I, uh, they didn't have the program that I wanted. Like I wanted to be doing journalism and broadcast journalism and, um, you know, they have extra, you know, TV station, radio, stuff like that, but no actual journalism school, communication school, nothing like that. So I was like, why, what if I went to a school that has something like that? I went, tried, uh, took a bunch of different classes at different schools and finally came to the point where I said, I want to be in Manhattan. I want to be close to home because I'm a little bit of a home buddy. And I, so I thought, all right, I'm going to, this is what I'm going to do. Apply to schools in Manhattan. I applied to a bunch um, ended up really liking Marymount Manhattan College, which is where um, I was going before I stopped. And they they were great, really hands-on, small classes, small, small school, super small school. Um, and that's kind of what I needed. And they had, you know, a good journalism program and I could do these broadcast classes and everything that I really wanted to do. And so while I was in school doing these things that I was now hands-on learning to do for myself um, at work, <laughs> I that's when I had that conversation with my parents being like, look, this opportunity I'm getting right now is what I want to do once I finish school. If I give this up right now, I don't think it will be there when I finish. Um, and I'm learning all the things I'm doing it right now here. And now they're going to pay me. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, instead of me paying to go to this school. Um, and, and they were like, okay, if this is really what, really what you want to do. All right. Okay. That's, that's okay. It's wild because, and I don't want to make assumptions, but obviously Georgetown is so academic, so smart. I'm sure out of high school, it's like, oh my gosh, Fran is going to Georgetown. And then it's like fast forward a few years and it's, not everything you expected. You're really struggling. And then you're taking this completely different path. How long did it take you to sort of talk these things through in counseling and get back to a place where you start to feel really good again? Um, it was about a year or so. Like I left. Um, so I like, if I, if, you know, I went four years and was, had no complications, I would have been the class of 2016. So leaving high school in 2012, um, it was, it wasn't until about, I would say 2015, 2016 that I started to feel more confident, um, felt like maybe I could go back to school, wanted to go back to school, wanted to do something because the fear of failure was pretty crippling for me during those times that I was home. So I just, I was really afraid to, to go back or do anything. And, and I was afraid of disappointing people. Um, I'm the oldest, uh, person and grandkid in my family. Like my, I was the first grandkid on both sides. I'm the oldest cousin, you know, obviously that means the same thing, but, um, so I was the first one you know, to go to college, my parents, each of my parents have three siblings. So pretty, you know, big family. And I was the first one to go and 
everyone, like you said, everyone's so excited. The, the They're like, yes, are this high. is amazing. Yeah. Uh, both my parents are Georgetown grads. So oh, wow. there Whoa, was, let's pile on the pressure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, so there was a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure. And, um, you know, and, and the, my loved ones around me, they didn't even realize that they were doing it until they were like, oh, wow. So clearly things are, are going, are not going well. Um, but yeah, it, it definitely took me a full year before I was like comfortable to put myself out there again. And you mentioned that you should have gotten help earlier and you didn't. What do you think kept you from doing that? Did it feel like failure to have to ask someone, Hey, I don't know the answer. Like I can't figure this out. What was it that kept you from wanting to seek the help? Um, it was more of just like, why can't I figure this out on my own? Like I have never needed, I've never had these problems before. I've always done well in school. I've always uh, had my good group of friends. Like why is meeting people hard? Why is, um, why you know, just like the, the, I was trying, I was chasing the ideal like perfect picture college dream where everyone's, you know, you see it's freshman year and all your friends are posting about how happy they are and you're sitting in your room. Like how come everybody else from my high school is happy and I'm not why like, which is, you know, also why social media right. is so I relate dangerous. so hard. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, so why is this like, why am I not having this perfect experience? And I just, I, I've never had I never had to ask for help before, so I just did not know how, and I was afraid to do it. I thought if I went and asked for help that I would be disappointing people around me or thinking that um, that it was, like I said, a fear of failure. Like, that's like throwing in the towel. Like, oh, I can't do this myself now. Right. Um, there's, I need this situation. But it's... Uh, it, it's one of the best things I've learned. I'm a big advocate for therapy, speaking with somebody. And whenever any of my friends have any issues or people at work are dealing with problems, um, you know, being in the spotlight and having a lot of eyeballs on you, it's it's the best thing. Like sometimes you just yeah. need to cry to someone who is going to listen for an hour and and actually give you and, good and feedback <laughs> and yes. not be biased and I'm so glad that yeah. like now that's your take on it and I'm such a advocate yeah. as well I feel like everybody is going to go through something that's tough and challenging so why would you not want someone who's literally a professional whose career yeah. is to give the best advice and help you to have to help you? Um, mm -hmm. So that's such a cool part of your journey that I didn't know. Yeah, it's and it's really um, not something that not something that I publicly talk about too much, just because my the show that I do is is personal. Like I talk about my life, but not to not you know to a very intense extent. Um, but I have sp spoken, you know, my, my friends, my family, every, my boyfriend, everybody knows this, this story, uh, Rhea, obviously Rhea and I bonded a lot because we went through similar college stories. Like she ended up at a school that wasn't great for her, um, came home, transferred to a new school in Manhattan, and then started interning at Barstool. Like we had that 
bond between us as well being like wow like college was tough for you too like great <laughs> um so it, it's 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 important and i like sharing this because i also think it sh is um a great way for people to see like if that college situation does not work out the way that you think it's going to when you start it is not the end of the world you may think it is the end of the world but the possibilities are endless like if you told the 19 year old Fran who was like so upset about her life like where she would be at 25 um she would not she would not have believed it <laughs> so yeah. it's 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 crazy but you have to remember that like you know you got to keep pushing on it's so important I totally agree you see all of these high school kids who just think you spend four years like the conversation is where are you applying where are you going and then once you get in is it good enough you got to tell your family friends you got to post about it the acceptance videos and then you get there and you're like this is everything I wanted and I'm the most unhappy I've ever been and like that was my experience and um it's important for people to know because there's so much pressure to be happy and to be loving life. Um, and you know, I want to ask with what you're doing now for work, it's a lot of shows. It's a lot of talking. It's a lot of being on. How are you different on camera and on the podcast as Fran versus real life Fran? Right. So I like to think that they're two pretty similar people. Um, because I think that if you're not off on that, um, authentic on a podcast, people pick up on it pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I, I like to think that they're, that they're pretty similar. Obviously there is when you're on camera or recording or whatever you are, you're on, like, I am happy. I am chatty. I am making sure that I have a lot to say. And, there are times when off camera Fran does just doesn't want to do anything like we and it's funny because I talk so much that sometimes at night or whatever like all I want to do is sit in silence You're just and, <laughs> yeah and watch like, TV and do nothing yes yes but um it, well, yeah, do you even it's, feel like watching tough. TV feels like work? It's like I can't you can't even like binge on a reality show because you're like I, I gotta be taking tabs right now I know I it's it is but it is but I love it so much like if I wasn't binging a reality show and then talking about it on my podcast I'd be binging the reality show and texting like six of my friends about the show and yeah. like making them all watch so that we could all talk about it and uh the podcast is just a way for me to do that on a larger scale and have people discuss these things with me and that's why I mean I I love it so much or else it, it I would not be able to do it because, you know, if you, if you're going to live tweet the bachelor, the bachelor at bachelor in paradise year after year, you, you got to love the show. And I, I do. <laughs> I also think it's great that you mentioned how like there are going to be days where maybe you're not feeling a hundred percent talkative, a hundred percent on because I am obviously preparing for this was totally stalking, like all the chicks in the office highlight reels. And I'm sitting there watching this video, just like, this is a dream job. Like, what they get to do. It's just to interview these stars and be on the fashion and all of this. I'm like, it's a dream job, but that's the 
highlight reel legitimately of the year of the job but there's all the grunt work that you're doing to be up with the news prepare the skits be lively on camera so what do you think that says about everyone kind of thinking that there's some end game that's going to be easy and pure but really no matter what you do in life there's always going to be the side of it that is hard and takes work yeah the the grunt work is always there especially for the people that it seems like have the ideal job or the ideal life social media the whole thing um there's always a lot of work that goes into it uh i think people i think we've been able to show that pretty well and it's it's hard because you like you said you have to be on when you're doing your show and doing it but there are days where me or Rhea or whatever are like oh like this is just the last thing we want to do like and you know we've been up doing this or we've been preparing for this and we kind of have to like on at home or you're doing what not you're human Exactly, which is why um, having a partner is amazing. I think, I, I don't know if I would be able to do something like this if it was by myself. Um, I give a lot of credit to you because- I'm like I, literally like, I'm like, that no, just hits so deep. No, like I- <laughs> I need someone. <laughs> yeah, I give you so much credit because I really don't think I'd be able to do it by myself. Having a partner in it all is great because on the days when one of us is like not feeling great or a little bit down the other one is there to give that quick little like like, slap in the face like let's go like we gotta do this it's gonna be great and that's all we need to to get to that to that next um level but you know it's it's tough because also when you're doing a show like we do or you know are working for a place that like we work at there are a lot of, there are a lot of eyeballs on you. And so that's a whole nother aspect of it is like, what do people think of me? Do people like me? Do I, are are people following me? Are they not following me? Um, and that takes a toll on your, on, you know, what you think about yourself and how you see yourself. So having those like, for people to understand that it's not just like, oh, you know, I'm laying in my bed and then I'm going to record my podcast and have carefree life and everything's so great when, you know, it's impossible to do anything on the internet without getting hate from some corner of the world. So right. just it's it's not all fantastic all the time. How have you managed that? And obviously, like, it's the truth. Yeah. People sexualize chicks in the office, like Rhea and Fran, whatnot. Like, how do you stay grounded through whether it's those types of comments or negative comments, like these girls, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, how do you tune it out or how do you deal with it? Um, it is hard because it's taken me a long time, I think, to really get a hold of it and not try and care less because there are definitely times where, I see something and it just like absolutely ruins my day. Like, it's Mm. just, you're like, why did I have to read that? Right. Um, No, it's like stays with you the whole day. And it's, and I just have to keep telling myself, like, there are so many people that love what we're doing and listen to us and relate to us and send us amazing messages that they love the show and they feel like you know they're best friends with us which is 
how we want our show to be. Um, and I have to remind myself of those when I see that one that's like, they're so boring or yeah. what, you know, whatever, some, some, you know, or some ridiculous thing, like, uh, her clothes are awful. Like something yeah. so stupid that you're like, why do I care so much about this? <laughs> um, but that's what people always say, right? They're like, you could get a billion good comments and the bad yeah. comment is the yeah. one that you harp on or reply to. And, and, um, I've learned that it's best to ignore the hate, acknowledge the love, and um, make sure you have a good, like real life support system around you. Uh, my, I'm very close to my family. Um, my boyfriend is amazing. My best friends are amazing. Like anytime that I, like, that includes Rhea, like um, anytime that one of us is feeling down or, or is having a problem, we know that we can always come to each other and on top of that, I, I have that with my friends too. Like if I'm like, guys, I'm having a really shitty day. Like need, need a little Fran pump up because your girl's feeling down. Well, They're rejection. like, we love you. You're amazing. <laughs> I love that. And I love that you have that group to go to because rejection yeah. can feel so heavy. It can feel so strong. And that most of the time is what convinces people to say, okay, I'm not good enough. I got to change. Or I got to do this better. I got to talk slower. I got to look better. And the thing I love about Chicks in the Office, which most people do, is you guys are literally the girl next door. Like you represent the normal girl who is now in this world doing these cool things. And I see myself in you. So how have you managed to stay authentic and not go get the lip injections and not go ham on Facetune like, and stay just really real? One is um, I like – my mom would kill me. That's number one. Like she sees all, she sees everything and she, we're very close and she just, so many of those things just don't fly. And I've just, she's my mom. Like I, she's instilled all these beliefs in me that I have stayed strong with, um, thinking like, I, I don't need to change my out of my face for people to, to like me. Um, is that, if it, is it, if it's going to make me like myself more or, you know, appease me, sure, go ahead. But if I'm doing it for the sole reason of like, oh, everybody says that I have this problem and I don't see it, but everybody else says it, then that's, that's pointless. Right. Um, but it, it's, <laughs> it's hard because you want to be that relatable person. And honestly, I think Rhea and I have done a good job because- we still feel that same way, like talking about these celebrities or gossip or interviewing celebrities, like the fangirl inside of me that has been me since I was 10 years old, like is still the same me. I ha I haven't changed. And I also think a lot of that has to do with not being um, totally surrounded by it all the time. I, I go to work with very regular guys and very regular people. Like no one's super dressed up. We're all pretty casual. Um, and that's a huge difference. Like if I was, if we were at some massive company and everybody was dressed to the nines and but we were getting guys, our hair and makeup done every day. <laughs> but you could easily request, I want a makeup and stylist in the mornings at 6am. Like you easily right. could, but you guys don't. 
And that's like the it, difference, I think. Yeah. I mean, I would just rather have more sleep. Like I just, <laughs> like I just don't care enough about that so, than to have those, have those moments because it's just, it's just not that important to me. Like I love, and I love getting dressed up and going out and having fun, but like, I don't need to do that all the time. I love that. And so it's been, you think, a lifelong kind of confidence just kind of from your family and where you come from that's kept you this way. Have you had thoughts of, oh, maybe I should get extensions. Maybe I should this. Oh, I mean, all the time. That's just so, (laughs) like, that's Instagram. You see, and you see what what all these people are uh, doing to themselves. And you're like, wow, they look amazing. Is that something that I should be doing? I don't know. But... It's, it's tough. It's really, it's insane because, and you know, we just had this, um, Rhea and I just had this conversation with the lady gang. Uh, they were on our show and, um, I know you, I know you have their book. I have it as well. They, um, in their book, act like a lady, they shameless plug. You're welcome. Ladies. Shout out. Yeah. (laughs) They literally did a illustration of each of their faces And they were like, we have lip filler here and Botox here and filler in our cheeks and this here and this, like, they've been so open with the things that they've done. And I just think that that's the best way to go about it. I hate, hate, hate when people lie about the stuff that they do. Like, just... The just tell me if you, if you fixed your nose, like, just tell me. (laughs) Literally. And the fact that the... Kardashians have never talked about their body plastic surgery just to this day. It frustrates me. And the only reason it frustrates me is because there are legitimately 15 year old girls that think they can do that by working out and eating salad and it it can't be done. And so that's always my, but it's also like, I respect Kylie and Kim. Like, I think they've got a very smart business mindset. If I met them, I would be so nice. Yeah. But like, in my head, I'm like, just admit the fact that your body is not real. Um, I know that Kylie is extremely frustrating because I, I respect her as a businesswoman and she's done some amazing things, but it's like for her not to admit that, but now you see all of her friends have like the same exact body as her. The same exact body. Yeah. They're going to the same doctor and literally asking for the Kylie Jenner. Like it's between that, like her, her makeup artist, um, her makeup artist, Ariel has like the same body as her. It's the same thing. Yeah. And, um, but then you have people like Nikita, Nikita Dragon. I don't know if you know who she is. But yeah, I do. I do. And yes. She is very open with like the fact that she has gotten surgery and, you know, has gotten the ass and the waist and everything like that, that has got, and, and if you look at her body, it's basically what Kylie's is. So yeah. it's like, okay. Um, she got a good recommendation. <laughs> right. And so you just kind of, I don't know, you just kind of wish that those but people would, you know would discuss those think, things. Though? It's like, you have to, but it's like, part of me is livid. Obviously the person who thinks about the young girls who believe it. The other part of me is sad. I mean, just to change yourself so much and then not even talk about it because you want people to believe it as you. I mean, that's sad. Right. And it's so hiding a whole, like hiding your self. Yeah. But I could imagine like, and it's weird because similar to you, like, I feel like I had a switch flip with my family and I definitely was on a track to for sure want like lip filler and for sure want some stuff done. The fake eyelashes. 
I could have seen that easily happening for me if I didn't have my big slap come to Jesus moment as a freshman in college. Um, but it's funny because my friends and I will always joke like you were just talking about, like, we'll be like, I wonder what would be possible for me if so-and-so did my makeup and my hair. Like, what could happen? Because I don't know how to contour. I don't know how to cut yep. crease. <laughs> <laughs> it's really like, you know, what everyone says now. It's like, you're not ugly. You're just poor. Like, it's just. <laughs> I love that. That's so true. Yeah. Like, it. You just, if you want to dish out all the money for it, then you too can look like them. <laughs> I know. Yeah. You're not ugly. You're just poor for anyone listening. And with all these big time celebrities coming in that you're working with, is it just surreal? I mean, obviously you're a huge show bros fan, but people say don't meet your idols, you know, but you day and day are meeting these people. Are they normal? Are they kind of artsy? I mean, I just, it's so interesting to me that someone who obviously like you and Rhea, who are so normal have an hour conversation with someone who we view as like, you can't be normal just based on who you are. It's so true. Thankfully, we have only really had a majority of amazing experiences. Um, You know, they do say never meet your idol. Thankfully, the people that I have looked up to that we have met have been nothing but amazing. And they're so sweet and they're so gracious with their time. And always just like, whether it was in the office or now we're doing all these via Zoom, like it's still a great experience. Um, you know, like with the Jones Brothers, it's just like a group of guys I've loved since I was little. And you dream about having that conversation with them. And we dream. You, you I, like the, that whole day is still so surreal to me. I really, I actually had that thought this morning in my in in the bathroom getting ready because um they the Jones brothers just appeared on foreplay with Barstool Golf podcast because they they love golf and and I don't even know I think it was because I was listening to their new song as I was getting ready and then my brain went to oh they were just on foreplay that was such a great interview oh to like wow if I see them again they would they would they know you like, Hey Fran. And and, like that literally as I'm like brushing my teeth, I'm like, wow. Like imagine if there's another time that I see them that Joe's like, Hey Fran, what's up? And, and I like got flushed and it's still, I I still have, like I said before, the inner fangirl where I'm freaking out. And I also think that's why a lot of our interviews are great because we normally really try and interview people that um, we have followed for a long time. I have watched their stuff, really care about what they're doing because sometimes you listen to interviews and it's not, not these people's fault. Like it's on TV, it's yeah. their job. And you just don't have the time of day to watch every single thing that these people are doing. So sometimes when questions are like super produced and you know, you could tell that the person doesn't really maybe know or had watched a show or whatnot, um, that you don't really get as deep into the interview as you could potentially get. So that's why Rhea and I normally really try and do people that, that we're a fan of um, and that we can have those conversations with. And whether you think that's like a sucking up, I don't care, but it's just, we're just, it's just so much more interesting because you're, if people are listening who are fans of, the, of that person, they they're like, wow, like I feel like I'm interviewing them because they're asking all the questions that yes, I would ask. And that's why I love it. Don't ever change. <laughs> Is there a line though, like a fine line? Obviously when you guys hang out with the whole bachelor community 
I mean, is there a line between like, I've always thought this, once you are in the bubble of Hollywood or stardom, there's things people know, but you don't tell the press. You don't talk about it on the podcast. And like, obviously I will not ask you to reveal it for me now, but I just would love to know, is there those things where you're like, oh, I know like Hannah B and -and so-and-so are for sure dating, but it is absolutely nothing no one's going to talk about. Oh, yes. And that is, that is just now the situation with, um, becoming real life friends with a lot of these people, which is amazing because number one, so many of the bachelor people are, you know, people freak out about them, but they are like your average person. Like, and that's not meant as an insult. It's meant as a compliment. Like they, they haven't let these things really get to go, you know, into their heads, inflate them. Um, and they're so fun to hang out with and have a great time. Like, you know, Caitlin Bristow is someone that we absolutely love and we've, uh, you know, done each other's shows a bunch and have created this friendship. And she is, she's fantastic and an amazing person. And, you know, there are for sure things now that we discuss that is just like not our place to publicly put out to the world. And it's the same thing with like Dylan and Tyler and Hannah. Like, yeah, we have gone, um, close with all of them. Like we have a group chat, the five of us, that's like a ton of fun, but there are things that we, talk about that are like we would never right because put out there (laughs) because you there are they trust us and we've created this friendship yes the trust is big I mean to have these people come on your show they respect you and they trust you and then the minute you violate the trust and you disrespect them they don't want to do things with you they don't want to do your interviews so there has to be that line it's just so interesting it, it is and it's tough because you know Tyler is like so sought after and everybody has their opinions and anytime he's photographed with a girl they're dating and it's funny now because like Rhea and I are like well we have to talk about it but like there's been times where we have like talked about him him and and we're like and and um I think the first I think the first situation was like when Hannah B Hannah B was with him in Florida and for the quarantine thing. Yes. Yes. And we're, and Rhea and I were like, look guys, I know you guys know that we're friends with him. We have not asked him what's going on because like one, he's probably not like one, he's probably not going to tell us. And two, um, because we don't want to know, like, we don't want that information because it's not our place to, to share that information. So it's funny because, you know, people were DMing us like, what's going on with Tyler? Like what's going on? And we're like, we don't know. And if we do know, I'm really sorry, but we can't tell you. (laughs) Right. You have to maintain this. It's almost better if you don't know, because then you can just speculate like normal people. And if you you just do our job, like normally going off (laughs) e-news articles instead of like just asking him what's happening. (laughs) Yeah. It's almost more fun. It's like, I'll play this game and then he'll let me know later on. Exactly. Um, the very last thing I just want to ask you, you put so much out there. You have conversations that people can listen to every single day. What is one thing that we don't know about you? Oh boy. Um, I mean, I have talked so much about all my like nerdy tendencies, which I feel like is the one thing that maybe people don't know about me. Um, love love like full nerd culture harry potter star wars marvel all of that i'm a sucker for absolutely adore um and then i will say honestly a lot of people don't really know 
um, that college story that I told you. So that's, a, I was that's thinking that, pretty big. that I, I, when I asked that question, I was like, yeah. I think she already kind of gave that to me, <laughs> but yes, I had it written down because yes. I did not expect that answer. No, I'm totally. I'm so grateful and, to you. And I really appreciate you getting so vulnerable and honest. And I think so many people could relate to that yeah. and be like, oh my God, Fran, I love her. That makes me feel so good about right. me getting a therapist or something. Yeah. And this is just, um, it's just the, the, sometimes you save stories for the right platform. And obviously I have my own show, which is fantastic. And I love those things, but we have a pretty common um, theme with how we do our shows and, and what we put out there. And yes, there are times when we have gotten serious with my life or Rhea's life um, with, you know, more personal things that we have, uh, but normally it doesn't go that way. So it's great when you can share these stories on um, a platform that is built for it. Like you and your show are so great with um, just spreading love and advocating for mental health and body image and, you know, for women to love themselves. So it just, if it, it feels right to talk <laughs> with you about these things, it, it does. You. Cause I think hopefully a lot of people who listen to your show um, have, you know, love hearing your advice and, and your journey. And so I am thankful to maybe share a little bit of mine and hopefully it helps people too. Thank you. I appreciate it. And that means so much to me. And the point of it was to obviously create a place where these conversations can be had in a way that's super casual and super relatable. And I think these are, this is one of those pinch myself moments for me is that someone like you sees that and the platform has a trust in it. So, so I'm having my brush teeth but Jonas Brothers moment, but instead yeah. it's, it's Fran. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's really great. And I love, I love what you do. I love what you do on social media because not a lot of people do that. And, um, it's, it's the kind of accounts that girls should be following because oh. it's just, it just makes you feel better. Like you're like, thank you for breaking up the constant, perfectness of my yeah. Instagram feed. It's yeah. great. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. And yeah. I feel the same with you and Rhea and that's why I love your guys' show. And this was awesome. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And you're shout welcome. out Willie DeWitt. I know you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> you set this up. Yeah. Um, and I hope you see your family soon. And I really appreciate your time. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed this just as much as I did, make sure you follow Chicks in the Office on Instagram if you're not already. They are so fun and entertaining. I love seeing it on my Instagram every single day. And you can also follow Fran personally at her Instagram account, which is at Francesca Mariano. Thank you guys so much. If you enjoyed this, don't forget to subscribe, review, leave a comment. I would love that. And you can also follow us on Instagram at RealPod. And I will see you guys in our next episode. But in honor of Fran, let's continue our week with that Friday energy.